Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week is S-Town. My name is Jeff, and I used to collect beer bottle caps. My name is Jimmy, and over the course of elementary school, during recess, my friends and I would play Sonic. Not the game, but pretend to be the characters and run around. I was Sonic. <laughs> my name is Dan. And I know that I'm old because when I order tacos at a taqueria, I speak broken Spanish with a white guy accent and my niece gets very embarrassed. <laughs> Is that an old thing or just a you thinking that you're hip thing? No, no, that's an old, old person thing. Do they like do My that? parents did it and yeah, it's a thing. It's a white parent so thing. Like, I would how- like carnitas. Yeah, exactly. I will have one horchata, please. <laughs> oh, so you don't try to say it like it's pronounced to the native tongue. Right, but also like yesterday we went for tacos me and my niece and uh the waitress it's a very you know legit place and the waitress was mexican and spoke broken english so in order to make sure our order was correct i was using some con todos and some things like that <laughs> like una por favor oh wow oh, boy. and evie was like oh that's that's pretty embarrassing well okay here's the thing is like wh- what's worse like, I know that I don't speak Spanish fluently. Right, but you could pronounce words correctly. I, you you but... don't think that's worse to try No, that is. Fail? I think that is. Like, if you're like, could I have jalapenos? Exactly. That's, <laughs> I didn't want to be racist. that guy. Or, Con todos. Yeah. I was like, no, queso, por favor. <laughs> I didn't want to be like that, so I was just like, Con todos. Queso con Oaxaca. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jeff, yeah. you collect battle caps, huh? Yeah, so... Uh, I didn't know this. Jeff is a, a hoarder, so he thinks well, this yeah, is that's collecting. Well, so there, there was a time, Jimmy, Jimmy, this is for you. Dan knows his time um, when the Internet wasn't around. Yes. And there was uh, not not much fun stuff to do when you're a kid sometimes and you're outside, which is fun. But and it's weird thinking about it because I thought of this fun fact and I was like, how the hell were there so many bottle caps around that my cousin and I made it a hobby of ours for years? <laughs> we would just, and we wouldn't like seek them out. Yeah. But if we were walking, if we were riding our bikes, if we saw bottle caps, we would pick them up and we would be like, oh, this is this brand. And we would assign like certain rarities to them in our heads. We didn't know anything. We're like, wow, I've never seen this red dog cap before. This is worth more than your Michelob cap. We didn't know what we were talking about, but we would like, trade them like trading cards and stuff that's awesome it was poor people pogs this oh. is this is pre-pogs this is right before <laughs> pogs. so you're saying you invented pogs i'm a pog engineer <laughs> um and then this little bastard my cousin listen to this one his mom has a side job cj wor- yeah okay. it's it's cj his mom worked at um at a bar for a little while and oh. she brought him home a tub <laughs> now granted there was like you know 12 different kinds mostly but every now and then there'd be like a weird one in there and i was like that's not fair i want more of these but it was so weird like we had a lot we had like water cooler bottles full of bottle caps we just picked up off the street that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard <laughs> yeah it's dumb what did you we do were, with them nothing we would just collect them sort them out yeah, trade but where them did they end other. up uh the garbage i don't know <laughs> what happened to them but it was weird because they also just smelled like bars like piss and like so every now and then like if i'm in a bar and i go to the bathroom and i smell them, like ah oh, bottle caps yeah that's <laughs> revolting it was the early 90s man we were just living our life if you were in the world of fallout you would be a rich man because that's currency see dan see we were preparing for the nuclear war that this orange bozo is about to start you and <laughs> you and all the other wackos with your bottle cap collections 
you'll be the next there was some i mean my dad also was a bartender on the side and he brought home some sometimes but not a lot okay what's weird to me isn't that you collected bottle caps because kids are weird they do weird things like that yeah what's weird to me is that the adults in your family engaged you and brought home <laughs> bags of garbage for you to play with <laughs> it, it's free it's either that or a goldar power ranger figure that was put on layaway because my mom couldn't afford an actual i'm not Megazord. saying she has to buy you power rangers i'm saying that when you say hey can you bring me home a bag of used bottle caps she say no that's gross. i don't think we asked i think that we would just like lay on the living room floor sort out our caps and it was like the artwork on them some of them were interesting i mean now with all these breweries around and stuff either the i'm assuming bottle caps are neat now or they're just like blank so jim how many months until Jeff is back into collecting bottle caps full force? Oh, now that he's talking about yeah, it, because it'll be pretty quick. I had forgotten about it, and somehow it just like clicked in my brain, and I wrote it down real fast. This is like, going to go from a this. random fact to a talking myself into in like one week. <laughs> and then I'm going to try to talk you guys into bottle caps. I'm going to bring in like a huge bucket. Like, I have money now. I could buy bottle caps. He'll just I don't surprise have to us. Them. We're like, what are we doing this week? Oh, nothing. And then I'll just dump a garbage barrel of bottle caps on my floor. Well, there was oh, some that's a good idea. because. That's even funnier because you are straight edge. If you went and bought a shit ton of beer and then just poured it out <laughs> just to get the bottle cap. I mean, I, awesome. I did also for a while, sort of like 10 years ago, I would say Fox and Park, which is a local soda, the bottle caps. Oh, that's and I kept them in a huge Ninja Turtle. But mug. those are all the same. Yeah, I forgot yeah, where they, they went. Yeah, they just say Fox and Park on them. Yeah. You'd be better off with the um, Avery's from New Britain because their caps actually have the flavor on them. So uh, they're all different designs. Yeah, but they're like, like crappy little tags. They wouldn't hold up to the standards of the bottle cap collecting industry. <laughs> okay. Well, during this segment, we also like to read reviews, not just talk about bottle caps for 40 minutes. <laughs> Why not? But uh, it's we a huge do, part of my life, Jim. <laughs> we do have a, uh, a five-star review from uh, Nicholas Getchell. Uh, he says, cool concept, great podcast. In a world full of gatekeeping, it's refreshing to keep a group of open-minded dudes trying to get trying to like the things their friends like. Be cool if you did an episode about wrestling, if either of you are into it. Uh, nope. Well, no, well so. no. I mean, first of all, thanks for the five stars, yes. Nicholas. Um, if you haven't listened to the Andy Kaufman episode yet, we touch on wrestling there. Yeah, a that, little bit. That's probably as far as we'll go. None of us currently watch wrestling. I mean, like, I used to when yeah. I was a kid. Jeff and I were WCW guys. I was, mm. oh, speaking of that. Oh, God. This is No, this is good. <laughs> Last time we recorded, I don't know what episode it's on now because we record in huge chunks. Yeah. But um, we brought up how Jimmy was on our old show. And I said, like, I wish I had tapes of me when I was a kid because I know oh, there's cassettes okay. out there that exist. Cassettes. We're old. Yeah. That night I went home and I was in my basement looking for something completely unrelated. And I found a trove of cassette tapes that my dad had recorded Ooh. throughout the years of different family members, different things going on, which is kind of weird. Um, but there's a phone call he had when he was I was trying to get him to record a WCW event on VHS because I didn't have the channel and I, I couldn't watch it at home. And we were talking back and forth and he was talking to me about WWF is coming. And I was like, that's stupid. And my brother's like, I want to go. And I was like, that's because you're stupid. But I'm eight or whatever. Um, so I'm going to put that tape on Patreon. Ooh, um, when nice. when nice. Um, I, my cassette player uh, broke shortly after listening to that, so I have to get a new one. <laughs> but that has to go on Patreon because it's me complaining about my dad not being able to tape the right channel and my dad talking about female wrestlers, <laughs> uh, which is very entertaining to hear me from 1998. Yeah. So there might be some wrestling content. Uh, we'll find out how to get that to people got to join the, the Patreon. Masses patreon.com slash talk me into there's some good stuff up there already yeah go check it out i'm gonna be editing a pineapple video soon i guarantee it's gonna be happening and thanksgiving's coming up yeah there might be some cook with us thanksgiving content yeah this time each week we'd like to talk about what we're talking ourselves into and I am talking myself into getting dairy free. Oh, really? Yeah. Is there a reason? Is there a health reason? Uh, not not a serious one. Let's say that I am like mildly lactose intolerant. Okay. Meaning, I, if I like sit down and drink a glass of milk, I'm gonna have problems. What kind of problems? Because that's actually a serious problem if you can't hold a glass of milk. <laughs> 
problems of the excrement variety. Yeah, that's that's not just a little problem. Like it, yeah. it's a little a, problem because it doesn't happen every time I eat any dairy. Like some people can't have like cheese. No, but if you can't drink a glass of milk, that's a big problem. It's not the biggest dairy problem. I could drink the glass of milk, but I'm going to have to go twosies more than I want to. But th- that's what I'm saying. It's a problem. Okay, get... I don't have the most serious case of lactose intolerance. Okay, that's you what should I'm say. get it checked out and maybe get get a lactose pill. Or I could just go dairy-free because the other reason is I like some of the dairy-free substitutes more than milk. Mm. Mm. What's so scary about this? Nothing scary about Almond it. Almond milk is delicious. It is delicious, Almond but are you going to cook with good. it? Yeah. Oh, see, I cook with almond milk. No, certain things that I need, like the consistency of dairy, I'll use dairy and I'll just tolerate it or eat less of it or whatever. Like a creamy soup or something. I'm going to use like whole milk. Yeah. But other things like for um, to just drink a glass or have it in my coffee or, you know, have with cereal. Almond milk is delicious. And I'm starting to explore my options. And this is where things get fun, guys. This is where I I might just because... Almond milk is very delicious. Yeah. It's a great beverage. Have you tried oat milk? Yes, no. a long time ago. Oat milk is quite good. It's got, actually a have at a food show. Yeah. It's very enjoyable. I like it in my coffee. Um, it's a little bit it it doesn't have the power to like I don't know what you would call this, but like lighten, like creaminess. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have the level of creaminess that like an almond milk or a regular dairy milk has. But I actually prefer that because you can cut through the bitter edge of the coffee without it turning to like milk. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it. It just like takes enough off the edge and it's got a nice nuttiness. Um, there's oat yogurt now, which is delicious. Oh, I was going to say yogurt substitutes. Don't even eat yogurt. Just give it up. The oat yogurt is good because it tastes oaty. Do they call it oat gurt? Uh, they might. I don't well, know. Well, they better because they're <laughs> missing out if they're not. Uh, but yeah, it's like um, you know how you would enjoy some nice like granola on top of oatmeal. Jimmy's like, no, I don't like either <laughs> of those things. Yeah, I'm not a yogurt. No, guy. I, I had a yogurt substitute and I can't remember what it is now, but it was the grossest thing. So mm. I might have ever eaten coconut milk. I don't love, and I don't love the coconut milk yogurt supp- supplements or anything like that. Um, it's just a little too cloyingly sweet for me, but. So so I'm into almond, I'm into oat, and the next frontier, I haven't been able to find it at my local grocery store, but next time I'm near a Whole Foods, pea milk. I've heard it's very good. It's I made from you. compressed peas. <laughs> it's, it's, that's just too hip. Like, you don't need pea milk. It's good. I want to try it. You don't know if it's good. You no, no, I'm it. talking about oat milk. Oh, I'm sure oat milk is fine. So why are you hating, bro? I'm just saying I think you have a more serious problem than you think. Why is it a serious problem? I just don't if drink you, milk. But if you can't drink a glass of milk without making duty, that's a big problem. That's bigger than you're assigning it. It's not yourself. that big. A lot it's, of people are lactose intolerant, Jeff. No, but but it's still a problem. Jeff's like, like go to the emergency room. I'm if not you saying can't that. Drink a whole glass of milk. You should. What die. about ice cream? I just eat a small amount of ice cream as no, it is. No, no, no. You got to eat a lot of ice cream. I can't eat a lot of ice cream. That's that's not the Dan I know. <laughs> it's Dan post weight loss surgery. <laughs> I'm not sitting down to eat a huge bowl of ice cream anyways. Ice cream's delicious. Once in a while, when I treat myself to a little taste of ice cream, I'm fine. No, because if I have a little bit of ice cream, I eat a lot of ice cream. Oh, yeah. Same well, here. You bro, can't just all I can bowl. tell you is have some weight loss surgery. It'll change your mind on that. <laughs> I'd be like 60 pounds. <laughs> Jimmy, what are you talking yourself into? So this week, I kind of was forced to talk myself into this. Well, I wasn't forced to. I, I opted to do this. But um, I was talking myself into working a daytime schedule. Wow, that's so, much better than a nighttime schedule. Um, I don't know about the world. that. Jimmy yeah. likes his old schedule. I like the I like working nights. I don't work overnight because there's no like hustle bustle and he traffic. didn't work the graveyard shift though. No, I work five to five p.m. to one a.m. That's worse. That's, That's what worse I think, than the graveyard it eliminates shift. your social life. Yeah, even yeah. if you're doing a graveyard shift, right, you're working when people are sleeping, and you're sleeping when people are working, and usually there's an overlap where you can still see other humans. Yeah. Um, but working five to one, you're like, that's done. You have no social Yeah, he had the weekends. Yeah, I had the weekends, which was nice. I mean, I don't like people anyway, so like yeah. most of the week I don't the see anybody. The only benefit to that weird like middle schedule that Jimmy was working is that he didn't have to really change his sleeping like entirely too much because staying up till 1, 2, 2 o'clock in the morning is not horrendous. No, that was a mainstay anyways from my unemployment days. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of worked out. 
But um, yeah, this is the first time I'm I've been working. I wouldn't say this is a daytime schedule. I work 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. now. Oh man, these are just bad shifts. Yeah, that's, I'm not a huge fan. That's of this shift. that's the day ruiner shift. Yeah, because like when I would have to work at uh, like food places, and if you're yeah. on 12 to 8, day is destroyed. Yeah, you're not gonna do much before noon, and you yeah. get out, and you're just like, there's nothing to do. Yeah, it is nice to have nights to do things now. Um, basically, I just switch with the other guy because there's two guys who do my schedule. It's me being one of the guys. Um, but, uh, he wanted to work nights because I believe he as well is going to be, uh, doing classes. So he wanted nights in order to, um, study and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm working 11 AM to 7 PM and it is a big adjustment because I am very much used to waking up around like 10 30, 11, which is when I'm getting into work now. Um, so yeah. it's definitely a big adjustment. I'm still, it is my, I, I have to go yeah. into work an hour earlier and it's, yeah, it's hard. so hard to adjust. Yeah. Adjusting hour. earlier is always harder than adjusting later for sure, because you can stay up late. Usually that's a pretty easy <laughs> thing to do, but now I definitely feel old in that I'm going to sleep around 10 30 PM every night now, which is welcome like, to your thirties, oh, baby. Boy. <laughs> I'm 24. What, what time do you get up in the morning? I wake up at seven 30. So you need like nine hours of sleep? Uh, I'm <laughs> usually waking up before my alarm. I would say I've been waking up around 7, 6.30, um, but my alarm is set at 7.30, so that's when I have to Because I stay up. up later than you and get up earlier than you. Well, I'm falling asleep because I'm tired because like my entire day just went through work. Plus, yeah. I also have an hour commute as well, which does suck. Yeah, yeah, Dan doesn't take into account that his commute is 10 minutes a day. Yeah. True. And ours is two hours every yeah. day. Get a different job. <laughs> I did. And it pays me well. Yeah. But uh yeah, so I was talking myself into doing it. I did it and uh still adjusting. You'll I've, get through it, Jim. Yeah, I'm only doing this for a few months too, and then I'll be back on my normal schedule. But uh yeah. Who has it gone? Jeff, is it you? Yeah. Yeah. So Your turn. <laughs> this one's been on my list for a while, and I think I'm pretty sure the issue's resolved. But for a while, I had to talk myself into, and this goes back to getting a new job, holding in my toots. Because <laughs> you're at a new job, there's new people. My last job, like, the the room was bigger, I had a bigger area, it was near a window, I wasn't near as many people. So if I had a fart, I just let them rip, baby. Just let them go. And if people heard, I don't care, because who cares at the, the old job? But now I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm... I, I don't want this to smell. You're wearing to be a tie loud. now. You're dressed to impress. Yeah, I have to like wear nice clothes. It's like it's it's a bigger boy job. And I didn't realize in the first couple of weeks, but my stomach was killing me at, at like after. And I'm like, I haven't been eating anything differently. I don't know what's going on. And then like at the end of the day, as soon as I would like get to my car or like go to the bathroom, <laughs> I let like the longest farts rip. <laughs> like so long because it was just a day's worth of holding it in. And then I was like, oh my God, my stomach hurts because I'm not relieving yep. myself. So eventually I would like get up to go to the bathroom and then just like fart in there and then leave. And and now I'm just like, I'm just going, man. I'm not like letting them like fully rip, like not loud. <laughs> but like if I have a little one, I'll just go. Cause you got it. You have to relieve the pressure or else your tum tum's going to go. No, no. And then I can't have a glass of milk. Yeah, you could have serious problems. I could, but I don't. Shout I, out to Lee Ellis, Hope, host of the No Dunks podcast. He suffered from trapped wind aboard an airplane. You could like rip a hole in your colon. I know we've talked about trapped wind before because we've talked about farts before. Yeah. But I've never talked about holding in my farts for an entire day. I used to work with this guy who wouldn't fart at work or in his car because he just <laughs> bought his car. And I'm like, that's a little crazy. <laughs> Like you're not, you don't fart for 12 hours. And then he's like, I, I drove to Vermont and when I got out, I just let it rip. You drove four hours in your own car and you're not farting. You psychopath. Just let it go. Who cares? Literally every single creature on the planet needs to release what's building up. Don't be absurd about it. Like respect people. Cause it could stink, but you gotta let it go. We just lost so many subscribers. Yeah. Thanks Jeff for the grossest <laughs> segment of all time. We've had grosser, but I'm just saying. And he's take so care, passionate. I take care know. of That's your bodies, part. everybody. Just be you. Yeah. Be who the Lord made you and accept yourself and accept others. You don't want tummy aches for social status. 
It's not a fair trade-off, guys. Ah! When we come back to talk me into, <laughs> we'll be talking about the podcast S-Town. <laughs> Thank you. Stay tuned. Fart. Fart sound effect. Shit Town, more commonly known as S-Town, was a podcast released in 2017. It is seven episodes, and it's it was produced by uh, This American Life and the producers of mm. Serial. So it's it's got that really high production and investigative journalism mm. quality to it. It was hosted by a gentleman, Brian Reed, and... It's a really interesting story why this even existed. Um, there was a gentleman from Alabama, John B. Mecklemore, and he he kept contacting the station like, hey, there was this there was this uh, death here and I think it was a murder and it was a cover up and all these weird things. And he kept going and going. So eventually uh, they reached out to him mm-hmm. and decided to make this a story. Um, so they talked back and forth a lot. And then they eventually flew down to Alabama to meet John and to talk about this town. Uh, it was called Woodstock, Alabama, and the shit town that John kept calling it. It's such a shit town, such a hmm. shit town. It's he hated the town, and he's he's quite a character. Now I know Dan has listened to this, yeah, and really enjoyed it. And Jimmy, do you have any exposure to this? Do you know about it at all? I remember you talking about it very vaguely when we were doing our conspiracy theory episode. Right. I probably mentioned it. Yeah. Because we were just talking about high production qualities. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um it's it's seven episodes and I only want to do two. They're long. They're like an hour long. Okay. But since it's such a short run, I want to give you two very important episodes that I think once you listen to the first two, you're gonna finish the next five um, <laughs> before we even record. I almost guarantee it because mm. it's so captivating and enthralling, and you're met with not just uh, John, who is the main character, but you're met with all these other characters and just really interesting and at times bizarre people. Mm. Um, it seems scripted. Like I had to go does. in and look if it was real, and it's real because because mm. and you feel emotionally attached to almost every single person that they talk to, even if you think they're not good people. Okay. Um, because they they do a good job at not showing like, okay, here's this person that has this weird opinion and does these weird things. Let's bash them and make fun of them from being, you know, poor and from yeah. Alabama. But they show them as humans and like what led them to be this way do they really feel that way? And they dig really deep into almost everybody there. Yeah, it handles the people with a lot of empathy. And where it starts as like this one question, like this one kid gets murdered um, in real life. He, he really somebody really did die. And it just branches off into all these unseen paths that are very captivating and very interesting. Mm. Yeah, I think um, the thing that stands out to me the most is is how the effect that John B had on this community and how he was like the gateway into this wider story. And like Jeff said, there's some, there's some pretty, pretty crazy twists and turns that the podcast takes. And, um, you get the feeling that when they started it, um, the host was Brian Reed. Brian Reed. Yeah. He may not have known where it was going to end up, but Mm. he just used good journalistic skills to get to the bottom of all these different like branches Okay. The story takes you on. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with Jeff. I think you're going to get sucked in. I was sucked in. It's one of those things where you don't really need to know a lot going in. Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot how I even found it. Um, yeah. Because it was, it was already completed when I found it. And, like, he had been on The Tonight Show, and I didn't know any of that. I didn't know how popular and big it was when it came out. Um, I think I just saw like browsing podcasts. Yeah, mine was I listened to Serial late, late in the game, like after it was already popular. And um, I know that's a big one. Yeah. And Apple podcast was like, oh, if you like cereal, have you listened to S-Town? And I was like, nope, but I will. And it's seven <laughs> episodes. So it's not like you're committing to 100 episodes or something. Yeah. And it's one contained story. Mm. Um, you're going to get a lot of answers. 
but you're also going to be left with a lot of feelings. Okay. Um, Cause it, it gets crazy. And the thing is like Dan said, like um, John was the entranceway to this community, but if he wasn't there, this wouldn't be a story. Um, mm. Brian Reed would have never went to this weird small town in Alabama. And that's, that's a lot of America. And he's, he's quite a character too. John B. Oh, he is. John B is, he's like a, a weirdo. <laughs> he's, he's pretty wacky. Nice. He has a lot of quirks. Um, very interesting man. And you'll get to hear a lot about him. I don't have too much else to say because I don't want to get spoilery at all. Yeah. The only thing I want to say is don't Google this. No, no. Right. I was going to say that too. For any reason. At all. Like just listen to it on whatever you listen to. Don't read any articles. Listen to it. And then we'll come back in two weeks or whatever we record. A um, few minutes for you guys at home. And we'll talk about it and spoil it. So spoiler alert. We are going to spoil it after after this segment. It's going to be very spoiler heavy. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to finish it or not. So at least spoilers for the first two episodes. Yes. Right. Because that's all all you have to listen to. Two episodes. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to listen to the rest of it on your own because you're going to be talked into it. Mm-hmm. I'm that confident at this thing that I did not create. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, when we come back take a listen to those two episodes and uh find out if the boys talked me into it jimmy you don't seem excited <laughs> no nah, I'm, I'm actually super excited okay good you, yeah you talked me into you being the excited. first two episodes of s-town first two episodes first two. s-town the podcast that's it with your ears <laughs> shit town alabama is a place in a podcast that Dan and Jeff made me listen to. Made you? You <laughs> willingly show up here every week. Oh, so I don't have to come here? Yes, please, you do. Please do it. Please. I have all the equipment. It's not just a place in a podcast, Jimmy. It's a place in America. It's true. It is a metaphor for America, some would say, although it was recorded in a time before the current political situation. Yes. It feels very appropriate. Yeah, it definitely does. So, um, as Dan and Jeff alluded to, um, John B. McLemore sent an email to, uh, what's his name? Brian? Brian Reed. Brian Reed, who um, is a host of, um, what is it, This American Life? He's a journalist for This American Life. Yeah. So, um, basically saying that, hey, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know how else to describe it, but f***ery going on (laughs) in, um, in this town that i live in you really got to talk to amy winehouse huh? oh yeah he's uh he's basically like talking about a lot of high level political and police corruption is primarily what he's concerned yeah, about cover-ups things yeah. like that so um so basically after i think a year uh brian finally contacts john b and uh is basically like asking like you know what's what's going on down there in, in woodstock alabama and he's talking about how um a murder had been covered up um, by the police, apparently. And um, he goes on and talks about it, saying that, you know, the police are really, like, corrupt down here. um, And then people just really don't seem to care. Nobody's really doing anything about it. And um, he basically just says that, you know, Woodstock is my home. Like, I grew up here. My mom grew up here. My dad lived here for most of his life. And um, he goes on to describe his home where he built like this amazing, um, like basically maze. Yeah, he's his... building a maze. It's still growing. Yeah, so yeah. You can like was... see over the hedges, so you yeah. can't really get lost. Yeah. But um, I mean, a little backstory. He's like an antique clocksmith. Or, yeah. Um, I forgot the word, but he's horologist. Yes, because he studies hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got this really fascinating brain, and he thinks of yeah. things pretty abstractly but mm-hmm. he he keeps everything together he's not scatterbrained no no um so he's very meticulous and he made this maze with like 63 possible outcomes and there's only one way that you can't get out of the maze yeah um and that like you you said like he grew up in woodstock it's his home i think what you're talking about is when brian said if this place is so bad, why, why don't, don't you, you just, just leave? Yeah. And he he did this awesome um, comparison to, he's like, you know, I bet there's a lot of people in Fallujah right now saying, well, Fallujah's falling apart. Why don't you just leave? And he's like, you know, they're probably making like a sand maze or something. That's like, oh, kind of a little bit. <laughs> Racist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, for somebody in this part of the country, um, he's pretty liberal and he's, he's, uh, you know, but, but that comparison really got me. Cause like, there's like, you know, why don't you just leave this? Oh yeah. Like, we hear that all the time. That's like the, the whole entire, I mean, you hear it all the time, but even on the grander scheme of things, like love it or leave it, baby, where are you going to go? Yeah. Like, you, what are you going to do? Well, and he People does in have poverty, things. what do you, you think you're just going to, oh, yeah, I never thought to not be in poverty. Yeah. Like, it's, I, it's systemic, and there's certain things that you don't have control of. And we do find out, as the first two episodes unfold, that um, John B. is not in poverty, but he does right. have other things that are tying him to this place. Um, like Jimmy alluded to, his mother has Alzheimer's, and he's her caregiver. Mm-hmm. Right. He has this big piece of property that he feels a connection to. It's, it's ancestral. Like yeah, his... it's his ancestral home. And I think even as negative as he is on his shit town, mm-hmm. he still thinks there's hope. Because his main problem yeah. is about apathy. Yep. It's about, it's like, okay, to get back to what his primary concern was, um, he believed that... There was a murder perpetrated by um, by the son of like people in power. Yeah, and Cabram Burt. Oh yes, Cabram. He, That's right. He's uh, the son of a wealthy family that owns like lumber mills and stuff like that. So there's a rumor going around town that Cabram Burt has murdered Dylan Nichols in a barroom fight, basically. Yeah, like it, they they got in the brawl and he like he cut somebody's throat but didn't kill him mm-hmm. and then he kicked this guy in the head so much that he became paraplegic and then later died yeah, yeah. so i think you know we said we alluded to earlier in the first half of this episode that there would be spoilers mm-hmm. and heavy I spoilers i don't think that it's too early to say i think we find out at the end of episode one i believe that dylan nichols is not dead yeah, I think that was episode one. It's it's either episode one or two. Like this, this I just picture as one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you find out that well, I mean, so to jump ahead, Brian eventually goes down to Alabama. John shows in the maze. They mm-hmm. hang out. Um, he, he gets he, to meet all the townsfolk. Yeah, he and... meets a lot of the townsfolk. But he's playing it cool because he doesn't want John B. doesn't want the town to think like, oh, this There's, big New yeah, York reporter is coming down. Something. So they're they're playing it cool and he's not really like going, he doesn't go to the police to ask, but they're doing research. Like John B. takes notes on everything and he, you know, not to get into the specifics, but he found out that this murder likely happened within this week time frame. Mm-hmm. You find out he was only two days off. So like he got the time frame right. Um, and then you find out that, yeah, there was a fight, but there was no death. The, yeah. And then when Brian asked, um Cabram. Cabram. Um, you know, like why did why did people say that you admitted to killing this person? Like, it's just a small shitty town, you know, yeah. things get blown out of proportion. Um, and he's like, Well, I'm glad that he's not dead. And he's like, Well, Brian said I'm glad to hear that, at least. But it's still like everything's really sketchy. And um, then what I was sort of getting to is that um Brian basically thinks this is the end of the story. He goes to John B and like tells him like um, hey, we solved it. There wasn't a murder. It was a barroom fight that got out of control, but that was basically the But before he even found that out, he thought that John B was just playing him to so he could like have a friend. Cause he, yeah. he asked John, he's like, So you don't have anybody down here to talk to about your ideas, your interests, your likes. And he has like one lawyer friend that he has to drive to another town to talk to because everybody down there is conservative mm-hmm. um we find out very racist um, and not interested in any of they don't care about global warming they don't care about these big ideas any higher thoughts right yeah so so brian thinks that he's saying oh there's this murder because he wants to become friends with somebody like Mike. yeah he's reaching yeah. out for a connection he basically wants an intellectual to talk to and and you find out some stuff like John B hates tattoos. He thinks it's terrible and that the people down there are stupid. Then you find out he's heavily tattooed. And I want to back up a little bit to to get to um why he's tattooed. Yeah. So when Brian tells John B that there hasn't been a murder and they basically have solved the case, mm-hmm. John B is not not satisfied. He's not happy with that as an answer. And the way he describes why he's not satisfied is to tell this interesting allegory about driving down the road with someone i forget who it was but um the guy claims that he saw uh, a young woman on the side of the road crying wearing only a t-shirt and as they drove by not only did they not stop 
But the man said, you, he basically said, you don't get to that point in life unless you've done something messed up. So the idea is John B. is more upset that people believed that there had been a murder right. and a cover-up and still did nothing. It doesn't matter to him that it didn't happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's glad that there wasn't, Yeah, but he's still upset that even though around town people thought there was, whoever did it, and nobody did, did anything about it. Right. Yeah. Even though Brian says, well, the police did document this, they did do all this stuff, and nothing came of it. And then, so Brian draws a comparison between the way... John B. is fascinated by broken clocks and how he takes them apart, finds what's wrong, and puts them back together step by step. And he says that he likes to experiment and tinker with broken things. And right now, his way of trying to... I think it's a way to prove to himself that he could fix all these problems that he sees in the world is to start with one broken piece. Oh. And that's Tyler Goodson. Yes. Right, so Tyler is a, a troubled kid, probably early 20s, I think. Yeah, 21, I think he is. Yeah, and he hires him to do handiwork jobs, around yeah. his property. And um, and he has a good relationship with him. Like It's almost like a fatherly Yeah, he kind of describes him as, as his kid because he never had one. And Tyler, and Tyler grew didn't, up, really have a, didn't really have a father. Yeah, he grew up in a broken home with an abusive father. And yeah. Tyler's big concern is that he doesn't want to turn out with his dad. But as much as he tries, he doesn't have a lot of guidance, and he seems to be heading down a bad path. He's got problems with the law. He's got problems with custody over his kids. and Yeah, he has like three kids with three different moms or yeah. something. So when we're talking about Tyler and the tattoos and everything, you know, we're going all over the episodes. We're not really going in order. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian goes to the tattoo shop, and we'll, we'll talk about those characters in a bit. But you find out the owner of the tattoo shop, like John B. goes in there, and will pay for a three thousand dollar tattoo to secure this this guy's finances because he yeah. he always asks him when's your rent due when's your electricity due mm-hmm. and if it wasn't for that three thousand dollar upfront tattoo then he'd go out of business and he wouldn't be doing this and they said the same thing about Tyler the only reason why he has him hired is to give him money and to keep him busy and occupied so like John they think that John has money and he even mentions to Brian like. When I when I go, each one of these kids are getting twenty ounces of gold. Yeah. Right. So you're you're glossing over one thing, which is that Tyler is the co-owner of that tattoo shop. So oh, I forgot that. So paying for the tattoos is also helping Tyler. Right. So mm-hmm. what sort of what Brian Reed has hypothesized is that um, John B is trying to fix Tyler, so he's keeping his business afloat. He references the fact that he's driving Tyler to court and making sure he gets to his court dates and he's um, getting him a lawyer, getting his license reinstated. So he's obviously trying to like build this guy back up. And then what Jeff says, he references that when the times comes where he passes away, he's leaving his gold to supposedly gold that he's accumulated from his father and stuff like that is going to Tyler and his brother. Um, We just said it and I can't remember his name. I don't know. But anyways... So that's sort of like his, the end of his experimenting with um, making Tyler into a better person is to leave him some money if the time comes when he's going to pass away. Mm-hmm. And John is such an eccentric. Like they mentioned that um, he doesn't follow daylight savings time. Yeah. So like he, yeah. he just lives an hour off half of the year um, from everybody around him, which is just so crazy. I mean, I don't, I think daylight saving time is silly too, but like I still abide by the rules <laughs> yeah. of society because like I don't want to be it's late easier. for work and get fired. Um, but then he's at the end of episode one, he's like, he's getting drunk with Brian and another guy there. And he asked Brian for a coin and he turns his quarter into dime. gold, uh, a dime. Sorry. He, he turns a dime into gold by using chemistry and mm-hmm. he, yeah, he gold plates it p- potassium cyanide to do such. And like, this is at this point too, Brian's also like, is this guy just messing with me? Like, why am I here? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a funny part that I, I didn't take too many notes on this because a lot of it's in my head, but there's a real funny part towards the end of episode two when John B was talking about taking a piss in a sink. Yeah. <laughs> we used to do that uh, in a slop sink when we record the, the podcast. We would pee in a sink. So I yeah. thought that was very funny. <laughs> That's true. That is very funny. 
Um, I, I'm not going to talk too much about the story because the story, it does go into a lot of weird places and you guys have pretty much got the story down pat, it seems. But I will talk about production value because that's important to me okay. because I record a podcast. I like to know how things work. But um, this is probably the first podcast that I've listened to that's sort of like this. I, Jeff, you had us listen to uh, the podcast. Crime Town. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. uh, Crime Town for um, our conspiracy theory episode. Which is also tangentially connected to this, I believe. I think they share producers because I, I think I, so. Yeah. I heard they ads might. for Crime Town. Yeah. But anyways. Uh, Crime Town is Gimlet. This is this American Life in Serial. So they're different companies, but oh. that doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, but production wise, I think it's really interesting because um, it it's very cool because he can basically make like a story throughout audio, which I, yeah. I find very interesting. Um, I know there are like audiobooks and stuff like that. That's a little bit different. But just production wise, I think it's very interesting and very cool how it's done. Yeah. Uh, throughout like uh, interviews and then there's uh, narration and then um, story music it, it it's all bundled together very so, well so this is done really well but it's not the only podcast yes. like this like there's a lot of really good true crime professionally yes. made podcasts or doc docu series podcasts it harkens back to the old days of like radio dramas yes yeah um so production aside we got the story down uh, the end of episode two, Jimmy, now the you know there's a reason why I yeah. had you stop listening here. Oh, you sons of bitches. So it's been a few months since, maybe not a few months, a like, few, few it's been weeks. like two months, I think. Since um, Brian spoke to John B. or any of the people from down there and he gets a call from... Um, Tyler's baby mama. I thought it was right? Jake's wife. I don't remember their names. I think that's right. Either way, he gets a call from a woman from down there and she's basically like, has anyone called you? And he's like, no, I have, I have a few missed calls, but I don't think it's anyone from Alabama. Yeah. And she, so elo- as she so eloquently puts it, well, I'm sad to tell you that on Monday night, John B killed himself. Yeah. And that was rough to give that to me. <laughs> and that's like, like oh how boy. the episode ends. Yeah. So I will admit, um, when I gave you these two, I thought that there was about five minutes after this Yeah, because I thought Brian's reaction was here, but it wasn't. Did you listen to the next episode? I think you have to ask me a question first. Jimmy? Well, do you want? Do you have any more overall thoughts or anything you want to get to before we get there? I'll give them after I answer my question. Jimmy, did Dan and I talk you into shit town? Yes. So how much more have you listened to? <laughs> I'm on episode five. Yeah. So, so good. So yeah. following like. I'll, I'll let you talk about um, what happens in the beginning of episode three. So, yeah, basically. Well, we said we were only going to spoil the first two episodes, so you I, can recap. Well, no, but... I, I mean, I mean, the the thing is he killed himself. Yeah. yeah. I'm just asking Jimmy about his reaction to Brian's reaction. Yeah, Brian's reaction. He definitely seemed very upset about it um, because it, it's funny because I was talking to a friend of mine about the podcast because she was listening to it, um, I guess, not that long ago either. And she was saying that his reaction was kind of really big and kind of out there for a guy that he didn't really know. I was like, mm, I, I disagree. I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree I, I disagree. I disagree as well. Um, I think it's it definitely, I would be as upset if not more, because this is a person that he's been following for over a year now, I think at that point. And they, they say that. So this is a Wednesday. He gets a phone call. Yeah. John B killed himself on a Monday. John B sent Brian an email on Sunday. Brian just replied to it two hours before finding out. Yeah. So he was having a conversation with a dead with, man with a dead man. But I I don't know if I would say the word friend, but I would say a Acquaintance. close colleague at yeah. this time. Like they were working on an investigation for sure. He was in John B's home. He met John B's mother. Yeah. He was fully vested in John B's life. Now, we only heard two hours of this, but this is months of Brian's life that mm-hmm. he stitched together for us to hear. Yeah. So like if you found out that somebody you work with killed themselves. Yeah. Even if you're not best friends with them, I would have that honest reaction. Mm -hmm. You, yeah. Part of it was shock. Yeah. And then also, I mean, let's be honest too, is, um, as eccentric as John B was, he was also like very endearing. You could see how he could grow on someone. Yeah. He's, he definitely grew on me. Yeah. He's a character. And plus like I've, I've had deaths in my family. I've had people that I know. A lot of people I went to high school with died. Mm-hmm. 
um recently somebody that were like a handyman in my home he he passed away but i've never and, and it's shocking but i've never known somebody um that i was that close to kill themselves and that's mm-hmm. another level because that's that's an intentional death and that brings a whole nother level of yeah. questions grief grief yeah so I, I do believe that is an honest reaction. And there's another podcast called to live and die in LA, mm-hmm. which is um, not, not great, but there's something very shocking that happens in this. And the guy's reaction, when I first listened to it, I'm like, wow, this guy is very emotional. And then I was thinking about it and I went on Reddit and read some responses and I w- it seemed like it was just for the microphone. Mm. Like he wasn't really, you can, and then like when you listen to subsequent episodes, you're like, oh yeah, this guy screw him. Like he's not, he's not genuine, but Brian is being genuine in here. Yeah. I think it takes a lot of balls too, to, to put that genuine reaction in there. Like he didn't have to, he could just say like how he was feeling and stuff, but to put that into a project like this, I think really kind of solidified him as a, um, as a journalist yeah. and also like solidified like this podcast too. I think it was confessional. Yeah, for sure. So it was good. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. I, I only did listen to the first two episodes. Um, I wanted them to be fresh in my mind. I didn't want to accidentally spoil stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go through next week and yeah. and finish That's it. That's what I did too. And like when I listened to this, I mean my first reaction was just shock. This is the end of episode two. Yeah. And I was like, where the hell is this gonna go? Exactly. Yeah. It, it goes like crazy places and it gets very personal for Brian. He could have just stopped recording right there. And mm-hmm. that's another reason why I think his reaction is honest because he didn't have to do this. He what he didn't invest too much time to where his employers would have been like, Oh well, like sometimes your leads are dead ends. Yeah. That's the industry. The sad thing is I started thinking about this this week after re-listening to these first two episodes, is if John B hadn't killed himself there probably wouldn't be as much attention paid on his mm, shit down no. because as it stood, they were never going to do anything with this story. Like it wasn't a murder. It was not, it was a nothing like John B was an interesting character, but the case fizzled out and I'm sure it wouldn't have even made an episode of this American life. Yeah. But instead we get S town because John's B de- John B's death called attention to all this like sort of messed up. Yeah. Stuff. Br- Brian said something and I think it's the beginning of uh, episode three where it turns out that it wasn't the body of of a man who got beaten to death uh, that will unveil shit town, but it'll be the Brian of um, body. John B. Yeah. Yeah. Who killed himself. Yeah. So it's pretty sad, but I'm glad you enjoyed it, Jim. Yeah, it's it's really good. Um, I'm not a huge fan of true crime stuff, but uh, this kind of it's very weird because this definitely starts off as a true true crime podcast, but it goes in weird directions, man. It's it in. The grand scheme of things, it's not. It's, yeah. It's a character study into John B. Exactly. That's and, why I really like it. And I really liked it. And I think that John B did have his demons. And mm-hmm. a lot of those were caused by where he's from and who he was. And it wasn't in his control. And he was reaching out for help for himself, but also for humanity. He overall, yeah. he was a very good person. Yeah. And he wanted the best in people and these we didn't touch on it but the people in the tattoo shop were the epitome of terrible racists um mm-hmm. dropping the n-word casually oh yeah um facebook posts talking about uh dead babies that aren't white like these people are scum and john b still saw that there are good in people and mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's a very hard quality because when i hear that those people aren't people to me yeah those people are just sewer scum and I don't care about them. And I still, I still, you know, people do change. I do know that. And if somebody does, but I, I can't get to that point when people act like that. Like if you're, you know, sympathizing with Nazis or the Klan, I don't like you. Yeah. I mean, one thing I want to go back to is a little bit what Jimmy was talking about, how it, how it feels like a true crime podcast in the beginning. I think the reason why this is more successful and why it overshadows that true crime origin mm-hmm is a lot of the true crime podcasts that I I don't really get into focuses so heavily on the killer or the, you know, the crime, the crime scene, stuff like that. And this is focusing on the victim. Exactly. This is, he doesn't just, after John B's death, now I don't want to get into spoilers, but he doesn't just go out and investigate like what's going to happen to John B's money. That's a portion of it. Yeah. But he also goes back into John B's life 
and figured out like what what brought him to this point right what are his passions what are his beliefs who are the people that were connected to him and he, i, he I wants, think that's the most powerful stuff he wants to unravel how john b became john b yeah he wants to solve the maze yeah oh okay wow yeah this is really good i'm super happy you guys made me listen to this because uh, i really yay. like it we did it <laughs> you guys did it well next week we have something very interesting that's right jeff you has guys. told us that he's gonna talk jimmy and i into a mystery subject that's right i'm not telling you what it is until we record the episode it's not going to be in this episode show notes. Oh. It's not going to be in next episode show notes. Oh, you don't want the audience to know no, either? No, I don't want anybody to know until I the say it. The episode drops, huh? And when we release the episode, I'm not putting it on Instagram. But what if people want to prepare? You can't. You can't. You listen to the first half of the episode. You pause it. You consume the thing. Oh, I don't know boy. about this, Jeff. You're breaking format. It's still within format. You're going to see next week. It's it's going to get a little weird, but I I do think it would be fun if in the next week people contacted us and just just think about it. What could this topic be? That I want to narrow it at all. It could be anything. I know it's it fun. could be rabbits. Jeff's talking us into rabbits. <laughs> Hedgehogs. It, it's, it is it is a form of media. I'm not going. I'm not going to do a mystery topic and then be like, I'm talking you into horticulture. I'm talking <laughs> you into shirts. <laughs> Do you like shirts? No? Well, have I got the shirt for you. It says, I pizza New Haven on it. It does. So I think it'll be fun. It's We need a little break. Sometimes we're doing the round tables. We're going to have some special guests in soon, Dan. Maybe. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, we like to do a little fun things. This is fun. Just uh, hit us up on Twitter at TalkMeInto. Send us an email. Talk me into at gmail.com. If you feel so inclined. Yeah, just leave us a review and we'll read it on the air. It's oh, true. Yeah, we will. We will definitely do those things. It's going to be fun, guys. You guys, you're going to, it's going to be fun. Jeff, in the meantime, where can people find you personally? On Instagram at large, hard on collider, where I post talk me into things on my stories. Except and for this. Elsewhere. This <laughs> is, there will be a poll. Maybe. It'll just be a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Mystery topic. Oh. Uh, Dan, where can they find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Danny underscore breakdown. And uh, Jimmy, how about you? They can find me on Twitter at son of a fitch, S-O-N-N-A-B-A-F-I-T-C-H. And that goes for Instagram too. You can find me on there as well. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Who knows? Shit Town, more commonly known as S-Town, is a seven-episode podcast uh, released in 2007. Nope. 2017. That's what I meant to say. Let's start <laughs> over. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Shit town. Hold on. <laughs>